worship and as we worship let's give our mothers a
I notice in the book of Proverbs it starts with a command to fear the Lord. But also I notice that it's a picture of a woman who fulfills that command in the last chapter. She says, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou exceedest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Praise the Lord. I like to go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to touch us, touch our moms, our mothers. Again, we're glad to be here in the house of the Lord, and we're thankful for this special occasion. Lord, we praise you and thank you right now, Lord. Yes, Lord thank Thanking you for all that you do in our lives. Father, we're thankful, Lord, this occasion, Lord, that we can honor our mothers. Father, we're most of all thankful, Lord, that we can honor God. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you touch and bless, Lord. Lord, that your spirit would go forth. Lord, that you would touch and move in a mighty way, Lord. Father, if there's any, Lord, among us today, Lord, that are sad and that are burdened in their hearts, Father, I pray, Lord, that the spirit of the living God would quicken them and touch them in a mighty way. But, Lord, you're a God that's able to touch us and move upon our lives. And, Lord, we're thankful for that. Lord, have your way in this service. Touch every song that's sung. Touch the preaching of your word. Father, just have your way. Lord, we invite your presence among your people. And, Lord, we're careful to give you the praise for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we get into worship, we want to give you an opportunity, those that have maybe not done it yet, to drop your offering in this morning. We're going to go ahead and get ready to start this next song. But if you want to go ahead and bring your tithes and offerings before the Lord, there are baskets here in the front. Uh, I told you last week we'd start bringing them to the storehouse of the Lord so you can put put them in the basket if you've not already done so. We're going to sing this song as you make your way called It's Your Season to Be Blessed. So let's worship the Lord today. Well, it's so 
again. Let's worship the Lord today with an old, uh, this is a considered a hymn uh, written back in 2001. It's a really beautiful song. If you really listen to the words of this song, uh, it really speaks about the entire gospel message of what it means to have our hope and faith built in Jesus Christ. Let's worship together this morning. Oh, my hope is found. 
Lord, are you thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ today? Oh, we thank you, Lord. We welcome you in this place today. Father, we worship you today. We praise your name. We sent your sweet spirit in this house today. Lord, we welcome your presence today in this place.
love with Jesus, the best thing you've ever done was falling in love with Jesus. Let's sing this before we pray and before we open, break the bread of life. We're singing, oh, how I Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Oh, how I love Jesus. The best thing you've ever done today. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord just for a moment. I'm going to have you, if you will, in your Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs 31. I guess since brother, <clears throat> since I stole Brother Marion's Happy Mother's Day, Brother Marion thought it'd be good to steal the pastor's scripture instead. So I guess he won up me today. I got to tell you, Happy Mother's Day first. He read you the scripture text first, so. You're going to hear it twice, the same same exact scripture, twice today. So apparently that was obviously what the Lord wanted us to hear today. Let me say to all mothers as you're turning to Proverbs 31, happy, happy, happy Mother's Day to you all. Can we give all our mothers, grandmothers, spiritual mothers and the Lord a hand of appreciation today? And because we love you children, yes, you may be dismissed to my left, to your right. Parents, please, if you would ever so kindly sign them out. If not, they live at church. They don't go home with me. So make sure you get your children. It is Mother's Day, so don't get out of being a mother. Go get them. The day is your day. We celebrate you by giving you your children back. That's our gift to you today. We love you so much. Your children can go back home with you. God bless you. We love you. So, um... We don't want you to forget what being a mother is like. So, uh, when you leave today, mothers, so that takes away all guys out of the room. Guys, not for you. Your day's coming. We're working on your day. It's a couple more weeks away. But all moms, mamas, grandmothers, uh, we have a gift for you today that we want to give you on your way out the door today. So when you leave, when you go out of the double doors, uh, if you see the pastor not standing at this door... There's a reason. I will be by the office doors because I'm going to be giving you a gift as you leave the building today. Uh, just something I wanted to do to to uh, to share my appreciation for you. Uh, I just want to give you a little small token of love. It's nothing big and fancy. Uh, it's nothing something that's going to, you know, pay off your house payment. 
Uh, but it is it is just a way that I can tell you that we thought about you today and we love you. And uh, worst case scenario, I think I have enough gifts. But if we run out of gifts, I've always got cookies. So I'll send you home with cookies. So either way. So you might rather have the cookies after you see the gift. But uh, but uh, anyway, so uh, maybe next year I'll just buy everybody a box of cookies. Uh, but anyway, we love you uh, today and we are excited. Let me tell you today. If you've not already done so, if you don't have your mom with you, if she's already passed, uh, we uh, we want those that may don't have a, a mother or a grandmother or even maybe a spiritual mother in the Lord, we want to tell you that we are praying for you today. I know for some today's a hard day, uh, not having mom or having children around or family around. Some are in nursing homes. Some have passed from this life. Uh, and we love you, and we're praying for you today. And if you don't have a mother or a grandmother, I'm sure there is plenty of women in this church that would adopt you as their spiritual mother, grandmother, and would love to love on you. And so uh, we want you to also know that we uh, are thinking of you today. Did you know that Mother's Day is one of the busiest holidays of the year? In fact, no other time in the entire year more phone calls are made on Mother's Day Sunday than any other day on the calendar. In fact, cell phone and landline usage goes up 37% today than any other day of the year. So if you have not called your mom yet, you're behind. So you should step up your game. If your mom's with you in church today, be blessed. Those of you watching online, live stream, happy Mother's Day to you. We didn't call you by phone, but we put you on the Internet. So we, we did our best to do that for you today. Are you ready to hear the word of the Lord today? Let's uh, stand, and we're going to read together Psalms, excuse me, Proverbs 31, verse 26. I'm going to read down to the conclusion of the chapter in verse 31. This is the words coming from King Lemuel's mother who had instructed him, and given him wisdom, and he wrote down what his mama had said. Some people say that he might have been a king named King Lemuel. Others people say that because of the way the Hebrew word uh, for Lemuel is, it means uh, basically called of God or, or a child of God. Some people might uh, believe that this may have been Solomon, and they just called him by a different name, and this would have been the words of his mother Bathsheba. If anybody, though, if it happens to be Solomon, he couldn't have found a better person because if anybody knew about heartache, pain, travail, struggles, finding a good woman, Bathsheba would have known what life was like living in difficult circumstances. And here's what this king wrote that he said he had received from his mother. He said, a mother or a mom or a woman, when she opens her mouth, it's with wisdom. And her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household. Means she makes sure her house is in order. Moms, if I could give you no biblical instruction today than this, this is my instruction to you. Make sure you set the affairs of your house in order. You make sure everybody in your house knows who Jesus Christ is. As for you and your house, make sure y'all serve the Lord. Make sure it's well at home. And eateth not the bread of idleness. Means she don't play around with foolishness. Mama's got that switch ready to go. She ain't playing. Spare the rod. She she ready. She ready to make sure they ain't misbehaving. And some of y'all, y'all don't mind beating other people's children if they ain't looking because they're bad children. I know y'all. I've seen some of y'all around. Giving that kid, oh, you give me 30 seconds. I can fix that problem. <laughs> that ain't ADHD. That's a whooping needing to happen. That's what that is. 
Verse 20. Amen. I heard that. Praise the Lord. Verse 28. But her children, if she does these things. Now, her children didn't say they always going to like her. <laughs> Any of y'all moms ever had children didn't always like what you did? <laughs> well, you're just unfair. You're, you're the worst mom in the world. You're just so unfair. You never let me go do anything with my friends. You're horrible. Don't tell their names. Lord have mercy. I got moms and grandmothers calling names out. Don't tell me their names. But if that's your child or grandchild, the Bible said if you do the things I just read to you, those prerequisites, there will come a day that your children will rise up. They'll rise up and they'll call you blessed. They'll be thankful for that heritage one day. You say, well, I need to be their friend. No, you need to be their mama, not their friend. Because one day they ain't going to need a friend, but they sure are going to need the instructions of their mama to get them through life. Even this woman's husband's going to be like, y'all, I got me a good one. Any of y'all men, Brother Aaron's already said it, so he's ahead of the game. He's trying to score brownie points. But those of you that are here this morning that have been married and have a wife and even have a wife that maybe and y'all have had children together, can you honestly say you are blessed to have the woman God gave you today? Even her husband will say and praiseth her. But now look at the uh, the next verse here. Many daughters have done virtuously. They've done right. But this woman I just described to you, she's better than all the rest because she put God first. Favor is deceitful. See, people always like to say, oh, I'm walking in the favor of the Lord. Sometimes favor is not fair, y'all. I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes favor is not fair. Sometimes you just think, how in the world are they getting blessed and I'm not? That's not fair. Favor can be deceitful. It can, it can come and go beauty. Now, I ain't going to preach here, but I'm just going to let y'all know this is just practical wisdom. You ain't always going to look good forever. Hello, preacher. Some of y'all in days gone by, I know y'all what y'all thinking. Y'all thought, I still look good. But I'm going to tell you, if nobody else, I know this was about the virtuous woman, but I'm going to tell you from the preacher. There was a day when I was 18, I looked a whole lot better than I look right now. I did used to look better. I was slimmer and trimmer, more athletic, and not needing oxygen tanks to get up out of bed. Some of y'all know what that's like. I used to could do 100 sit-ups a day and 100 push-ups a day. Now I do one sit-up a day. Half of it's in the morning when I get up. The other half is when I lay down that night. I have done one sit-up the whole day. I am proud that I have fulfilled my job for that day. Hello, preacher. The reality of it is that beauty comes and goes. But a woman that not is a good cook, a woman not that is a good house cleaner, a woman that's not looking good all the time, a woman that still has her hair rollers in her hair and forgot to put her teeth in that morning when she cooked breakfast. Hello, preacher. The woman that fears the Lord is the one that shall be praised. It doesn't matter how good you cook, how nice you dress, and all that. That's all well and good. That's trivial. What matters most is that you know who Jesus is. That's the woman that gets praised. So the Bible finishes up saying this. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. This morning, for the next few moments, as quickly as possible, I want to preach to you on what it means to be the ultimate mom. What it means to be the ultimate mom. Heavenly Father, under the guidance of your anointed, I need you today 
I need you to speak today through your servant. Because God, today I need to make sure that the people of God understand your word as it goes forth to accomplish the task that it is sent to do today. I pray you'd hide me behind the cross of Calvary, but you would let your word speak ever so eloquently through me. I am just a mere vessel of clay, but I need the the anointing of the Holy Ghost to speak through your servant today. Father, we celebrate moms today, but ultimately we celebrate the mom who fears the Lord in her house. We will forever give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that is due your name. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray and ask these things. And the people of God together said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord today. Do you know that there are over 1.6 billion websites and articles under the Google search of how to be a good mom? 1.6 billion. I just want to let y'all know, I studied this week, but I didn't go read every one of those articles. I didn't have time for that. I just looked at the top header where it told me how many articles were on the Google search. 1.6 billion. I couldn't even count that high. In fact, in my notes, I didn't put 1, 6 and all the zeros. I just put 1, period 6 and wrote billion because I don't know how many zeros that is. It's just a lot of them. There's a bunch of them. There's a lot of information out there about how to be a good mom. Some of the topics, though, I did write down a couple of the headers. Some of them were called, what makes a good mom? What good moms do to make them special? Characteristics of a good mother. Ways to be a good mother. Ways to be a good mother instead of a perfect one. How you can be perfect mother with these simple steps. Isn't that funny? How to be a good mother and not be a perfect one. And the next one says, how can you be perfect with these steps? I mean, that's a conflict of interest. The top 10 tips on being a good mother. 11 traits that make you a good mother. 15 signs to be a good If you follow all these, you just, I don't know what you're going to do. There's so many different ideas. 21 ways to enjoy being a mother. Step one, don't have them. Just kidding. That was a joke. All right. 21 ways to enjoy being a mother. Remember, or the other one was remember that being a good mother means being a strict mother. My mom read that one. She actually wrote that one. It says a different lady's name, but actually my mom inspired her on that article. Because she thinks, well, I, you know, I told her, I texted her this morning, I did the good thing on my way to church, told mom before I left the house, mom, I hope you have a good day, whatever. But being a good mother means being a strict mother. She wrote that book. Like, I, did, I never was in the military family, but I had a military mom. I'm just going to let you all know. She never served in the armed forces, but she was a, more of a drill sergeant than any military person I've ever met in my life. It's time to get up! I mean, she was ready. Strict mom. I mean, she was... You're going to make sure you get your homework done and all this stuff. I still have scars when I lay down at night because I think I'm past my bedtime. (laughs) Used to the bedtime I fussed about is now the bedtime I pray I can get in by. (laughs) So I just, as soon as Jeopardy's over, I'm feeling good. Let's go to bed. All right. Amazon has over 50,000 books on mothers. Barnes and Nobles profess to carry over 20,000 books on motherhood. Facebook has 113 million pages designated to mothers. There are over 41.9 million tweets that went out for Mother's Day. And of course, Instagram, Snapchats, and other social media are bombarded with innumerable amount of messages. eBay 
sells dozens of plates with inscribing the words like a good mother makes a happy home and other things. J.C. Penney and Belt boasts of selling the perfect Mother's Day gifts. Macy's encouraged customers to celebrate moms with the perfect heartwarming gift. Walmart says show her how you care with the gift that says thank you. You see, everybody has this commercialized idea of Mother's Day. Mothers believe in their children. I will give you that. Oftentimes, mothers see no wrong with their children. Some of y'all, I know y'all see wrong with your children from time to time, but I'm going to give y'all an example of what some people, what some people, I know none of them are here, but what some people do. There was a mother who went to her son's military graduation. As the graduates marched by with machine-like precision, one cadet was out of line. The mother of that cadet could be heard telling the woman sitting beside her, Well, isn't that just a shame? After four years of training, everyone except my Johnny got it wrong. Way to go, Johnny! Johnny was the one out of step, y'all. But Mama didn't see Johnny out of step. She thought everybody else had been trained wrong. I know y'all never met that mom, but I have met her a few times. It ain't nobody. It ain't my, my, I know my child ain't the one that did it. My child wasn't, didn't hit him. My child didn't bite him. My child, no. They, they must have been provoked to wrath. My child's not an instigator, initiator. Hello. Some people don't see it. You know, we often talk about how mothers are our greatest supporters. You know, mothers are a blessing. They deserve to be cherished and honored, not just on Mother's Day, but all year round. You see, our mothers do amazing things for us every day. I thought for a moment about the stages of motherhood. Now, moms, this is not the part of the sermon where I want you to amen. It's the part where I want you to listen to me because I don't want you to bear witness with this and make everybody else in the room feel bad what you have to do. But I thought about motherhood. When your child's four years old, they think mommy can do everything, anything. When your child is eight years old, they think my mom knows a lot. By the time your child is 12 years old, they think their mother really doesn't know anything. (laughs) By the time they're 14 year old, they feel like, I know my mother doesn't know anything. By the time she's 16 years old, or he is 16 years old, they think my mother is old fashioned, she's not in touch with reality anymore. By the time they're 18, they think, wow, that's one old woman, she is so out of style. By the time they're 25, they go, well... Maybe my mom did know a little bit more than I thought. By the time they're 35, they go, well, before we decide, let's get mom's opinion. By the time they're 45, they wonder what mom would have thought about it. And by the time they're 65, they say, I wish I could talk to my mom again. That's the stages. You start out, they think, oh, you're the greatest. By halfway through, you're dumb as a rock. And by the end, they're like, oh, you knew more than I thought you did. And then it's all said and done. They go, I wish I had more time. wish I had more time. For those of you that still have your mothers, your grandmothers, let me encourage you today. You do still have time. Redeem the time that you have left. Redeem it. You see, every mother gives birth. She puts her life on hold for the child. Mothers are like glue. They hold the family together. They're like sunshine. They light up the home. They're like music that fills... The air with happy sounds. They're like flowers that fill the home with beauty. They're like perfume that makes a home fragrant. They're like sugar. They make life sweet for their children. They're like water and bring refreshment to the family. 
They're like doctors when we are sick. They are lawyers when we are in trouble. They are bankers when we are broke. They are preachers when we need sermons. They are teachers when we need to learn. They are police officers when we need to be stopped. They cook. They clean. They bake. They barbecue. They paint. They decorate. They provide security. They are bodyguards for the kids in the neighborhood. They have boundless energy. They are up before anyone. They go to bed after everyone. They are industrious. They are frugal. They are diligent. They are careful. They have wisdom of philosophers. The gift of a tri- uh, the gift uh, of the grit, excuse me, of a triathlon winner. They have the grace of a ballerina, the compassion of a priest, the strength of a wrestler, the diligence of a concert pianist, the patient of Job. They are hopeful. They are noble. They are encouraging. They are caring. They are selfless. They are self-sacrificing. They are mom. They're mom. You see, I began to think about where did we get this idea of Mother's Day? The origin of Mother's Day actually traces way back to the ancient Greeks and Romans where they would host celebrations and festivals in honor of their mother, of the mother goddesses of Rhea and Cybele. These, the clearest form of Mother's Day in the Christian faith was known as Mothering Sunday in England in which folks on the fourth Sunday after Lent, would go back to their home church, what they called the Mother Church, and celebrate together at the Mothering Church. But in America, the idea of honoring mothers came shortly after the Civil War. Just after the Civil War concluded, one woman had a dream to try to reunite a war-torn nation. It would be a day to remember mothers who had lost their sons diligently in battle. This woman's name was Anne Reeves Jarvis. She wanted to create a memorial day of sorts for mothers. Upon her death, one of Jarvis's younger children, Anna, was determined to see her mother's dream come true. Anna established the very first Mother's Day to honor her own mother. And that was in 1908 in Grafton, West Virginia. Between the years 1910 and 1912, the day was celebrated in 45 states, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Canada, and Mexico. And on May 8th, 1914, sitting President Woodrow Wilson designated the second Sunday of May as Mother's Day. You see, a good mother is a lot like Christ in many ways. She is more concerned about the well-being of her children than she is about her own self. So today I want to give you a picture. What is it that makes the ultimate mom? What makes the, the, not the perfect mom, but the ultimate mom? The first thing that makes the ultimate mom is that moms are sacrificial. They give a lot more than they take. If you don't believe it, just observe what all they do. Do you know the word mother is mentioned 321 times in 293 verses of the Bible? 320, that means somebody wanted you to know mamas are important. I mean, 390, or 321 times in 293 verses. Think about some of the greatest women of the Bible and what they went through. Eve, the mother of all living, also is the mother of the first murder. Think about it. Mama of all creation also attends the first service of her death of a child. She's the first woman to to bury a child. Sarah, 
Abraham's wife, that woman's on AARP times three. She's already got the AARP card in the mail, activated her membership. That woman's already getting free coffee at Hardee's because she's past 80. Like they don't even give her the senior. They just go ahead and give her the coffee walking in the door. She's about it. She's only about 10 years shy from hipping that trifecta triple digits. She's getting close to 90. She's just trying to remember how many teeth she still got that rightfully belonged to her and didn't come from someone else. Hello. And she gets the shocker of her life. Hey, Grandma, you going to have a baby. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Huh. I'm 90. Listen, I know ain't none of y'all in here 90, but could you imagine if the Lord showed up to you even in your 70s and be like, hey, by the way, you're going to have another child. What? I rebuke that in the name. That's what you tell him. I rebuke that. She's 90 years old. No wonder she laughed about it. Y'all seen me? I'm old as dirt. Jochebed. She had a son in the middle of captivity. She had to take her baby, just newborn baby boy, put him in a basket, put tar and pitch around it, send him down a river, and hope he survived. Because she was afraid that if she kept him at home, he would die when they came through the door. Now, could you imagine if someone today went to the tailrace canal, dropped a baby in a basket, that floated and just sent them down the river. We'd want to arrest them. But she knew her baby had a death sentence on his head already. And that's all she knew to do. Maybe just somebody would find him. And give him a chance to live life. You know how hard it is to put your baby. Your promised child and watch them float down the river. So no matter how bad it gets. Let me just tell you. Moses was a basket case too. Just want you to know. So when you get all upset and life falls apart. Just know Moses was a basket case too. It's going to be alright. Ruth, she's the great-grandmother of David. She loses a husband, no children, follows a mother-in-law back home. She's an illegal immigrant, if you will, coming back to a country she's not really a part of. Meets a man, falls in love, has a baby. Her life's been crazy. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. Man, she was old too, trying to have babies. John the Baptist even told the angel, hey, look, we passed that down in life. We're supposed to be sitting on the front porch in a rocking chair waiting for the check in the mail. We ain't supposed to be making babies. Like, I'm ready for the check to be in the mailbox, not having to go find out what pampers are on sale at Target. I'm not, that's not my job. Hannah, or excuse me, Mary, the mother of Jesus, a teenager, finds out she's pregnant with the Messiah. Not only... A unmarried, uh, a unwed pregnancy was bad enough. Not only do you got to explain it to the boyfriend, future husband, but you also get your teenager, you having a baby, that's bad. Oh, by the way, and it happens just to be God's son. You talk about pressure? Man, I could get killed for this, and I'm also carrying God's son. That's pressure. That's pressure. Hannah, she'd been crying out in faith for a child, but finally... The Lord gave her her child. But she should be emulated by every mother because according to 1 Samuel 1, 27 and 28, she takes Samuel back to the temple of the Lord after she got him weaned and got him the ability he could self-sustain. And she goes back to Eli, the same prophet of God, that prophesied she'd have a baby. And she said, for this child I prayed. The Lord heard me. He granted me my petition. Therefore, 
I have lent him to the Lord and as long as he lives he shall be lent to the Lord and they worshiped together and she left him at church and went home. She dedicated her baby to stay in the house of the Lord. The one baby she had that she waited so long for. She gives him back to God. She goes home. The Bible said every year she'd come back to to, to, uh, to worship. She would bring a new change of clothes that she had saved throughout the years for, for Samuel. But she went months without seeing her baby. Now she, he, she knew he was with the Lord. But she still sacrificed. She had to give back to the Lord. I read a story one time of a young mother who was traveling in South Wales. She was carrying a tiny baby when suddenly she encountered the most fiercest of snowstorms. The woman knew she would never reach her destination and when the storm subsided, uh, never reach her destination. And when the storm finally subsided, a large search party went out looking for her and this child that never uh, made it back. They discovered that the woman had died from exposure, but to the search party's surprise, the child was still alive. The child's mother during the storm had taken off her outer clothing, bundled the child inside, and then the mother laid over the child to keep it warm and literally gave her life for her baby. Years later, that child grew up to be known as David Lloyd George. He became the Prime Minister of Great Britain and one of the greatest English statesmen of all times. He grew up without a mama, but he would have not been here had it not been for the death of his mama. Mamas are sacrificial, church. They do a lot of things on behalf of their family. They sacrifice their own lives. Sometimes we, it is, it is clear that sometimes we often overlook the sacrifices mothers make. They make physical sacrifices from the beginning of motherhood with the pain and travail of labor, the daily routines of, draining, of being drained and tired, the sacrificing of physical needs and wants. They provide different roles and functions. They're a nurse. They're a social secretary. They're a dietitian. They're a gardener. They're a chauffeur. They're a housekeeper. They do many thankless jobs and receive no credit. But can I tell you, they are replicating the exact same thing that Jesus Christ did. Jesus knew I could not live unless He died. So He came down in the form of human flesh, wrapped Himself in carnality, and He died so that I could live. Moms, the greatest thing you can teach your children through your sacrificial love is point them to a cross of Calvary and say, I'm not doing it, but He who lives inside of me is doing it greater as He in me than he that's in the world so I wanted to know how much you moms are really worth that's a loaded question by the way I thought how much money is mom really worth so because the pastor is very diligent in his when he when the pastor gets something on his brain he may not be good at a lot of things, but one thing he is really good at is when something gets on his brain, it does, he doesn't let it come off his brain until he gets it, finds out what he wants to find out. He is sometimes channel focused and he's, he don't see nothing else. He's tunnel vision, but, but, but he's gonna find out. So I started finding various job descriptions of what people say moms do, dietitian and secretaries and chauffeurs. And I compiled a list of the average mean salary of every one of those jobs and added them up together. Now, moms, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing because I don't want to get your husband in trouble and you'd be like, well, I'm going to quit my job because now you know how much money I'm worth. So, men, I apologize in advance. But after looking it up, 
If a mother received compensation for all the various roles she played that I've already mentioned in this sermon, based on the national 2021 average of salaries, a mother is worth $178,000 a year. That's how much money you would get paid if you got paid for all the jobs you do. $178,000. I just want you to tithe when you make that. I don't care how you make it. Just make sure 10% of that comes back to the Lord. Because 10% of that would be $17,800. And I know God could help us do some stuff around here with that. Praise the Lord. $178,000. Now don't go quit your job but, but or whatever you do. But the point to be made is sometimes we don't tell you enough thank you. You're worth a whole lot more than we could ever tell you. The gift I give you in about 10 minutes or 15 minutes from now is not going to even compare to what you're really worth. But can I tell you that somebody did know how much you were worth years ago? (laughs) Over 2,000 years ago, somebody figured out long before you became mama and long before you became a grandmother, over 2,000 years ago, there was a man who said, I know exactly how much you're worth. In fact, Anthony Brown uh, penned this song a few years back. I, I... have played it a couple times for the band, but and uh, we're going to be learning it. But the, the song just simply says, You thought I was worth saving, so you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping, so you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for, so you sacrificed your life, so I could be free, I could be whole, and then I could tell everyone I know, You thought I was worth saving. That's what he thought about you. He thought you were worth it. You know, if nobody else in the world wanted him, he thought about you, he'd have died still for you if he thought it. He he, he thought it was worth it. He died on a cross with no guarantee per se of return, but he did it because he loved you. He wanted to give you a chance. He was like that mother in that story. He laid down his life. He became, the Bible said, as a mother hen, the Lord wants us to dwell in that secret place, and as a mother hen brings her brood of, of, of chicks underneath her wings, so the Lord wants to put his, his, his wings over his own pinions, and he wants to do it, because Jesus wants to lay his life over the top of ours so that the devil can't take it, because he wants to sacrifice so you have a chance to live. And if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, there's no better day to give your life to Jesus than on Mother's Day because somebody died for you so you had a chance to live. You had a chance. But the other thing I love about moms is moms are steady. Most moms, not all moms, but most moms, they don't get bothered by too much. They stay pretty calm. Little Johnny comes running in the house, head's bleeding, eyes is crooked and Blood's shooting everywhere. You can see his brain coming out the top of his head. Daddy's over there. Whoo, Jesus. Mama's over there. Go get me the gauze. Give me the duct tape. It'll hold till we get to the hospital. Come on, y'all. Y'all know I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. (laughs) Oh, it'll be all right. It's just a flesh wound. You didn't need that eyebrow anyway. It'll grow back. You'll be all right. Shake it off. It's just a little bit of blood. It'll be all right. Or the old adage, arms crooked. Elbows this way and arms that way now. You'd be like, is there any blood? No, Mom. Oh, you'll be fine. Shake it off. Call me. I'm cooking dinner. Call me if you need me. Mom, my elbow's that way. It'll be all right. It'll grow back. It'll be all right. Just snap back in place. It'll be fine. <laughs> See, moms, moms, moms are steady. Don't get rattled too much. You know, Mom can get up in the morning and cook waffles and eggs and bacon. 
She can clean up the kitchen late at night and put all the dishes in the dishwasher after she's bathed the kids and got them to bed. She lays down exhausted, but you know what? When she lays down and her head hits that pillow, the greatest sense of accomplishment she feels that day is when she lays her head on that pillow and just kind of the inside, internally, she smiles and the smirk kind of makes the dimples of her face uh, 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 shine because she realizes that for one more day, she got to do the best thing possible. She got to be mom. She got to make sure her kids had a good day. She got to play outside. She got to, you know, mom's out there hooking up sprinkler system. She's out there pulling out old tarps and doing slip and slides in the front yard. She's making the kids' favorite macaroni and cheese just because little Johnny wanted macaroni and cheese this week. And her greatest accomplishment, she feels like she was able to bring happiness to someone else than herself. See, moms are steady. You see, nobody has more of an emotional investment than children. No matter how hard we as fathers try, we cannot compete with you, mom. We didn't carry him. We weren't attached to him like that. I love my son to death, but I can't compete with his mom. His mom carried him. For nine months, they were inseparable. I mean, literally, inseparable. His life grew inside of her. They were connected by an accord. They were literally connected. The nutrients of his mother gave him life. They were connected from the, from the start. You know, there are times when children break their mother's heart and they're emotionally... There are times when the emotional investment returns void. There are times when mothers feel the hurt because their children are hurt. There are times when the loss seems greater than the gain. There are times, but King Lemuel's mother said to him, Son, a good woman is stable, dependable. And if you find her, you can sustain her by appreciating her. Son, when you find her, she's worth far more than Ruby. See, she, she said, Son, you better know when you find her, you keep her. She's good stuff. She's good stuff. She's steady. I would say that, and I believe I'm, I'm safe to say that we would all be lost without a mother in our lives. Now, some mothers have passed on. Maybe some mothers even at times have abandoned their responsibility as motherhood. I know there are times that there are mothers who have, have not fulfilled the, the letter of the law, what it means to be a good mother. But somebody in your life, whether it was a grandmother, a mother, a spiritual mother, somebody came alongside of you and they, they, they brought you along to where you are today. They were there with you. You see, we would not exist without them. Mothers play an important role. Do you realize that a mother gets an average of 30 minutes a day of alone time, which means she only gets three and a half hours a week just to herself to do what she wants to do for herself. Now, you take a 24-hour day, you time that by seven days, and you find that number out, and then you say, okay, and mom only gets three and a half hours of that time for herself. Moms, you are way underappreciated today. But I also want to tell you the best thing about a mom is to be an ultimate mom is not only to be sacrificial, that's good, not only be steady, keep the boat steady, but I'm going to tell you the greatest thing you can do as a mom to be the ultimate mom is be a spiritual mom. Not just to your physical children. If you're a mom that has physical children, yes, you raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. You love them. But, but not be a physical. I'm talking about in general. Even to the children that are in this back right here that don't biologically belong to you, the best thing you can do is be a spiritual example to anybody who needs to see Jesus. That's the best gift you'll ever give anybody. One of the greatest tasks of being a mother is training up a child in the way they should go so that when they grow old, they won't depart from it. You see, the fathers are called to be the priests, prophets, protectors, and providers of the home. But moms, you're called to be nurturers of hearts. You're called to 
hold that heart in your hand and teach them the love of Jesus Christ. See, moms also teach about the grace of Jesus Christ. See, a mother's grace is the closest thing, human equivalent to God's grace. The grace of a mother seems to have no bounds. Moms may lose their patience, lose their temper. They may even at times feel like they're losing their minds. Amen? Amen. But they never lose grace because they always are willing to let that prodigal son or daughter come back home if they need them. They don't lose grace. Godly mothers have a sense of forgiveness, a generous graciousness. That's because God gave it to them. The grace that a mother exemplifies teaches her to forgive and accept that her children may at times fail, but God's bigger than the failure. You see, mothers have to trust God will finish His plan even when they can't see it. Some of y'all have children right now. You don't know where they are spiritually with the Lord. But you are a mother today that can spiritually still pray and, and intercede and fast and seek the face of the Lord and trust that the Lord knows what He's doing even if you don't understand what's going on right now. And Sister Carol makes her way. And the ultimate mom, not only a sacrificial, the ultimate mom's not only steady in the boat, the ultimate mom is not only spiritual, but mom's... You also are our security. You keep us secure. We feel safe. Protected. You know what I learned a long time ago? I'm a little jealous of this, actually. Uh, to a certain degree. So, obviously, I have Mike up every other week. I, you know, Mike is with me, and, you know, he's the apple of my eye, and he says I'm his, you know, his daddy's his best friend, and we do all kinds of stuff. I'm his best friend until something happens. Then I'm not his best friend anymore. Normally it's when I'm fussing at him that I'm no longer his best friend. I'm not your friend anymore. Okay. Ten minutes later, hey, Daddy, are we friends again? Yeah, sure, it's fine. But many of you, I mean, many of you know the young lady that uh, that I've been dating over the last year, Brianna, and and, uh, she's come to church here some. So sometimes... I get a little jealous and envious, not legitimately jealous and envious, but I'm thinking, what, what, what happened to me? Because there are times, and this is not just about mother, but this is because what women, the instinct God's placed on you with this, this feeling of security. Micah, sometimes we get tired, we're out eating dinner, or we're doing something. Prime example, we were at King's Pizzeria the other night with, with some of the Sunday school class in the back. I pay for him. I bathe him. I change him. I cook. I'm the one at 6 o'clock in the morning getting you behind up to get ready to go to school, son. I'm packing lunches at 5.30 in the morning and I don't even like the morning, son. He gets tired. He comes over there and he's doing that for a few minutes. He's getting a little thing. I'm sitting there holding him for a few minutes. Five minutes later, Miss Brianna, can I sit with you? No, you ain't sitting with her. Sit in this chair, boy. What's wrong with you? Anything wrong with you? I don't want you to sit, Miss Brianna. No, you go sit here with me, son. I pay for you. He crawls in her lap. Brother Primo, in less than five minutes, he's out. Sleep like a light. I'm gonna start making her Venmo me money. She gonna help me pay for this job. I mean, if she gonna put him to sleep, she can at least help me pay for him. What the world? See, the reality of it is, moms, you have this innate, special touch that we can't replicate. We love our children. But moms have this 
innate ability to make us feel safe. Little Johnny gets hurt. He comes to Daddy and he's like, Daddy, I broke my arm. But you know who he wants him to hold him? Mama. Runs into Mama. Mama, I broke my arm. Come here, honey. Puts her in her, on her lap just holds him as he goes to sleep. See, a child without... There's an old Jewish proverb that says a child without a mother is like a door without a knob. The qualities of a godly mother are hinged on one quality. Love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Love is the major driving force. You see, love, when life gets rough, love gives strength. When life gets tough, love gives power. When life lets you down, love gives encouragement. When life is empty, love gives meaning. When life is mundane, love gives enthusiasm. When life is sad, love gives joy. When life is confusing, love gives clarity. I read this poem the other day, and I think it's so fitting for moms. To say the man, to say that a man is mighty, he governs the land and sea. He wields a mighty scepter on lower powers than he. But mightier in power, or might, but mightier power and stronger, man from his throne has hurled. For the hand that rocked his cradle will be the hand that rules the world. That's about you, mom. Whatever that guy, that child becomes, it's because of what you did. No one has been, excuse me, no one is poor who has a godly mother, said President Abraham Lincoln in honor of his mother. So how can we pay tribute to you today, moms? Real simple. We pray for you. We pray for strength, wisdom, spiritual passion. We appreciate you, which you're going to do today as well with a gift, saying thank you. And then we love you. Tell them. Tell them we love them. Show them we love them. Honor them publicly. Let them know we care. Now I want to conclude with this poem today. And I dedicate this to every mother here today. There's no love like a mother's. Her heart is filled with care. With Christ as her example, her Savior's love she'll share. A mother's love is endless, not changing for all time. When needed by her children, a mother's love will shine. God bless you, special mothers. God bless you, everyone. For all the tears and heartaches and special works you've done. When days on earth are over, a mother's love lives on. Though many generations, excuse me, through many generations, God's blessings on each one. So church, be thankful for your mother. With love, with higher, who loves with higher love. For the power of God has been given and strength from above. Will you stand all over this house today? Father, no greater love can we display today than saying to our moms, moms, thank you. Thank you for being our mom. The ultimate mother, God, is sacrificial. She endures for all times. But Lord, also, she's steady. She doesn't easily get wavered. She's unwavering. She keeps things calm in the midst of chaos. Lord, we know that a good mom is a spiritual mom that will raise their children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. 
And ultimately, God, today, we know that a mother is our security blanket. She keeps us safe in the midst of it all. So, Father, we thank you today for our moms. Before we dismiss this morning at your heads, you can lift your heads here for the moment. I want to just know for a moment, whether your children or grandchildren or whatever are here or not, that's okay. But, but I just want to know how many moms we have in this, this room today. And here's what I want you to do. No one's going to get you do anything crazy. But if you're a mom, I just want you to come and I want you to face the audience. I want you to come stand in front. Nobody's going to come up here with you. It's just you, moms. I want you to come and stand. I want you to face the remaining, remaining portion of our audience today before we are dismissed in this place today. All moms. Make your way. Some are still coming. beautiful picture church the moms of our lives so man here's our moment I'm not going to ask you to come here's our moment I said that there's three ways we can appreciate them we can pray for them pray that God would give them wisdom strength knowledge I said to you that not only can we pray for them but I said to you that we also could could love on them just love them tell them we love them and, and appreciate them then we can give them gifts which some of you you've already done it if you hadn't done it yet, shame on you. You can buy lunch today. Or cook lunch today, Corey. I know you're going to cook. I ain't playing with you. You don't ever bring into the preacher, so I, I just had to throw you under the bus right now. I'm trying to go up from a size 30 to a 32, and Corey ain't helping. Here's the reality, church. Here's what I want us to do for a moment. If you're comfortable, those in the pew, I just want you to stretch your hands towards these ladies up here today. Whether they're your wives or not, doesn't matter. But as men, I want us to stretch your hands. I'm going to stand behind them with my hands stretched. But I just want to do one of them. I'm going to give them a gift here in just a minute. And you're going to tell them, and we're going to tell them we love them. And I'm sending them home with you, so they're yours now. But we all can pray for them today. So if you'll stretch your hands, you don't have to leave your seat. Just stretch your hands toward these ladies. Father, we pray for every mom, grandmother represented in this house today. From the youngest to the oldest, from the wisest, God to those who may feel like they're the least among men. God, we pray blessings. Moms have a difficult task. They have a difficult journey. They have a difficult situations in life. They're faced with all kinds of challenges. But God, the end of the day, you are in control. We pray for our mothers today. We pray blessings and not cursings. We pray that you would overshadow them with your love. We pray that you would give them, God, joy for the journey. You'd let them be a godly mother, sacrificial. They would be steady, God. They would be spiritual. They would bring security to their home. Let them be the Proverbs 31 woman where they can be counted faithful. Her children rise up and call her blessed. She's more precious than rubies. And God, that we will be thankful. And a man who's found a good woman has found a good thing. We thank you for these women today in the house of the Lord. Father, may you bless us and you keep us. And may you make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us and lift up your countenance upon us and give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. And may the meditations of our mouth and meditation of the words of our mouth and meditation of our heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, our God and blessed Redeemer, Lord, we will forever give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. 
that is due your name. And in a spirit of reverence, before you are dismissed today, I'm going to ask Brother Randy Erchberger if he would so kind pray our benedictory prayer. And immediately following that, you can consider yourselves dismissed. Brother Randy, today.